Welcome back to another episode of the Spin Sucks podcast, which is not actually the Spin Sucks podcast for the month of August. It's the last week of August, which sadly means summer is coming to an end. School starts next week, so you'll probably find me in the fetal position soon. While I enjoy the last few moments of freedom, you get to enjoy an episode of the Agency Leadership Podcast, which I co-host with Chip Griffin. In this episode, we talk about how to get the help many of us desperately need in the form of virtual assistance, sites like Upwork, in-house help, or other solutions to relieve the burden of repetitive tasks. Enjoy! If you're a communications pro who works hard, doesn't compromise quality, and gets the job done, welcome home. We'll share our tips, tricks, and stories, and together we will change the face of PR. Spin sucks, but we don't. With the Spin Sucks podcast, here's Jenny Dietrich. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Agency Leadership Podcast. I'm Chip Griffin. And I am Jenny Dietrich. And we're coming to you with the first show of our podcast for 2019. So happy new year, everybody. Hey, happy new year. Woohoo! So did you have a good New Year's Eve? Not, not uh, <laughs> too much to drink or anything like that? Nah, I didn't have too much no. to drink. I have a five-year-old, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're completely faking this. We are recording this actually before Christmas. Before Christmas. <laughs> so we have but no idea. But I can idea. pretty much tell you it will not be that exciting. Yes, I can tell you that we are having friends over, but I will probably still go to bed before midnight because, well, that's what I do. I am right. that cool and that much fun. <laughs> oh, so, getting old is fun. It is, but it's better than the alternative, right? So that's, that's the way indeed. I always that look That is at a really it, good you know? point, yes. No matter how many pains I have in my ankles, my knees, and everywhere else. And, and this time of year, I have plenty of those because it's basketball officiating season, yeah. so I'm out there running blowing the, the whistle, running yep. up and down the court. Yep getting very important missives from the state head of officials today. Got one in my inbox that reminded us all that the official scorer needs to wear a black and white striped shirt while sitting at the table. The shirt should not be folded and merely placed in front of them. <laughs> These are the important things that we deal with as officials in the state of New Hampshire. Does that mean that you kept it folded in front of you and didn't wear it? Or no, was I did that not, not directed no, no, this, this at you? No, this was a statewide missive. So, no, so I'm one of the floor, but this is the oh, official scorer yeah. sits at the table got it. and keeps the scorebook. And they're supposed to, by rule, wear a black and white striped jersey. Now, it turns out that most people who sit at the table just don't want to do that. Well, they're, yeah, I can understand that. You know, because basically they don't own one themselves. So this is a shared one that the school provides. <laughs> Some of them do like these uh, like vinyl smocks that you tie on. I mean, oh, sort of like a, a – they're really just they're hideous. But, you know, I'm sure they never get washed or anything like no, that. No, that's so, so gross. Needless to say, a lot of folks just stick them in front of themselves at the table. But we've been lectured. We've, we've been told. Not, not okay, huh? So apparently somebody somewhere complained, <laughs> some old fart said these guys aren't enforcing the rules properly. And clearly it impacted the outcome of the game. Right. So. <laughs> Can't keep score if you don't have the jersey on. No, but in any case, I'm sure folks did not tune in to listen to my rants about the officiating process in the state of New Hampshire, but instead we'll talk about important things, things that will help people get off to a good start in the new year, because I'm sure that as people took time off over the holidays, they spent a bunch of time thinking about how they could make 2019 even better, right? Yes, I'm sure. Well, I certainly will be doing that. So yes, I'm sure that's the case. 
And one of the things that you do when you do that is say, how can I be more efficient? And so I got a question from someone recently about how to use assistance, virtual assistance, in-house assistance, other administrative help effectively. How can they actually make a difference in your productivity, in your efficiency? So I thought that would make a great topic to start out the new year with. What do you think, Jenny? I agree. I read Virtual Freedom two or three years ago. And in it, it suggests that you write three lists. One list is things that you're really good at doing that only you can do and that you enjoy doing. One is the things that you maybe don't enjoy so much, but you should be doing. Maybe you can delegate it, but you know, not on your super, super duper, I have, I'm the only one who can do this. These are my strengths list. So in that middle. And then the last list is things that you absolutely should not be doing. And maybe that's social media scheduling and posting things in PR Newswire and looking at brand mentions and, you know, all media monitoring and all that. It's stuff like that, that maybe you shouldn't be doing that, but somebody does need to do that. And everything that's on that list of is doing but shouldn't be doing is the stuff that you can delegate. And typically, it's not one person, right? So a lot of us go, oh, well, I'll just hire a virtual assistant and the virtual assistant can do this and this and this and this. And it's not something that all those things are not in that person's skill set. So you want to take that list and then bucket it. Maybe it's content and social and truly admin stuff. So you have the truly admin stuff, yes, can be a VA and maybe it's 10 or 15 hours a week instead of 40 hours a week. So I really use that as an example. And if you haven't read the book, it's a really easy read. Plus, you can go through and just flip to the three list section and figure out what it is that you're supposed to be writing down. But it really does help you think through what it is that you should be delegating and to what kind of person, what their skill set is. Because a VA doesn't typically, or an in-house admin or somebody like that, doesn't typically have all of those skill sets that you would need to delegate. Well, I think that I have not read that particular book, but I've received similar advice in the past and given similar advice and periodically try to to do a similar exercise where I you know sort of chart those things out. I'm not sure I've done the buckets in exactly that fashion, but roughly. I think it is a very useful way of thinking of it, but you're absolutely right that it's rarely that you can find one person to dump all of that stuff right. off to that you should not be doing. And so trying to figure out how to do that efficiently and effectively, that's where the rub is, right? Mm-hmm. That's where mm-hmm. the real challenge is. And I've fallen into this trap numerous times myself over the years. Years ago, I used to call myself the Murphy Brown of assistance because <laughs> I would go through one every six months or so, and I just kept saying to myself, oh my gosh, keep hiring the wrong ones. If I just find the right one, I'll be all set. And what I eventually realized was that I was trying to dump all of my stuff off on one person, and there is no one person who could do all of it, right? right? Unless I was hiring a junior me. And honestly, junior me didn't want to be an assistant. Right. right? Exactly. (laughs) Fast forward a number of years. I was working in an agency and I had a real deal, high level executive assistant that I shared with a colleague. And this was someone who actually, I mean, she was an EA. She was not an admin assistant. She was not somebody just, and so she basically managed my professional life. And that made a world of difference. That also came with a very high price tag that most listeners, you know, are not going to be comfortable with. 
And frankly, at the time I was doing 20 meetings a day, traveling around a lot, trying to coordinate with a lot of colleagues in a large global agency, you know, it made a lot more sense. And today I don't have that. So today I, you know, I try to parcel out little bits and pieces as needed, but, you know, I've moved away from the central single assistant model in recent years. Well, two things to that. And I agree. Number one, you can typically find an EA for a lot less than you used to be able to because they can take on two or three people like us because we're not meeting, having 20 meetings a day and traveling all over the globe. So you can almost split it with you know two other agency owners and have that same level of EA experience. Mm -hmm. But also, today we have software. I mean, there's Schedule Once, there's Woven, there's Calendly, there's stuff that you know helps you manage all of that from a software perspective, instead of having a person do it. So what you really want your assistant to do may not be managing your professional life like it was for you. And e I mean, at Fleischman, I had, they hired us all as executive assistants, which was amazing. But, you know, maybe it's editing or it's report gathering or it's, you know, pulling together weekly reports for clients. It, it's that kind of stuff versus travel and meetings and making sure your time's protected and all of that. And when you talked about software, I mean, you make a great point with that. You can offload a lot of these tasks onto technology now. Yeah. So yeah. instead of thinking about your virtual assistant as a person, your virtual assistant might actually be the technology. And I'd love to give a completely uncompensated plug for Calendly because that has changed my life. That has saved me so much time, so much back and forth. It has allowed me to have more meetings to more easily schedule podcasts, all of those things, because it's just a link I send somebody and people can choose from my available slots and I can tailor it. So, you know, different time lengths, different cushions. It's really fantastic. It's yeah, it's amazing. And, and so, you know, trying to find ways so that you're not doing it, but it's not necessarily another human, you know, that's also a solution. So as you look at this list of tasks of things that you shouldn't be doing, Try to think of creative ways to solve those problems, too. It's not all about just replacing your hours with somebody else's. And if you are traveling, I don't remember the tool, but Jay Barry was interviewed in the New York Times earlier this year about a tool that he uses for his travel. And like Jay Bear, I mean, he travels every week mm -hmm. and he's using software for his own travel. And, and it automatically rebooks you if things are canceled and, you know, alerts you or puts you on a different flight if it's delayed or late or, you know, it does all of that from an AI perspective. So I think there is a huge opportunity today to be able to use robots and software to do some of the things that a human would have had to do even just two or three years ago. Absolutely. And scheduling travel these days is so much easier than it used to be, Yeah, particularly if you're doing it pretty regularly. So, you know, because I do travel a fair bit for business, you know, I have become, you know, almost my own travel agent. And so I, one of the, the challenges I had in the past was offloading that to someone else, because it's hard to get someone to understand all of your preferences for every yeah. possible permutation. Yeah. yeah. And particularly with last minute changes, I got pretty good at, you know, you're at the airport, you have almost a second sense about when, right. Right. you know, a flight's about to be delayed or yeah. something like that. And so you kind of just, if you do it enough, you learn how to yes. <laughs> to seize those so that you're not, but when they do the uh, musical chairs there at the end, you're not the one left without a seat or without a hotel room or, or whatever it is. So, you know, but the technology makes it so easy. 
when I go to New York, I rarely book a hotel before I'm sitting on the Amtrak train on the way down. I just pull out my phone and book whatever the best rate is that I can find at that moment because a lot of times you can get a better rate on the the Marriott app at the very last second. Right. You know, but it depends. But those are things you just learn as you go. And you have to be realistic. If you're going to farm out tasks to an assistant, unless you're going to micromanage them, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to do things that you don't necessarily want. So you need to be thinking of things that you can offload that don't require a whole lot of independent judgment, right? Because the independent judgment tends to be where you fall down when you outsource. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Or insource. And I have, you know, this is sort of the intersection of travel and and assistance, but I had an assistant years ago. And when I would travel for speaking engagements or those sorts of things to cities that I didn't go to regularly, she would typically book me a car service from the airport to the hotel because, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you we're never quite sure what you were going to get, you know, as far as taxis and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you didn't know what they were going to cost. So anyway, so it was a general practice. And so I was out in San Diego. And so I flew in and there was a, a, you know, guy holding up the sign Griffin. And okay. So I follow the guy and, and I'm going to the Sheridan San Diego Marina or something like that. And so we, we walk out and I, look across the parking lot and I see a giant Sheridan sign. And so I decide I'm going to be a funny guy. Oh, no. and, and so I say to the driver, I say, oh, that must be the Sheridan we're driving to. And he says, yes, sir, it is. <laughs> I said, hold on, hold on. I said, so just so I'm clear, you're going to drive me across the parking lot. Yes, sir, I am. Oh, no. I said, so just no. so I'm clear, I'm going to pay $100 for the privilege of going across the parking lot that I could have just walked. No, no. He said, yep. He said, it happens no. more often than you'd think. No, no. <laughs> I'm like, this is just, so needless to say that I got in at night. And so the next morning I was on the phone to my assistant saying, in the future, can you please find out how far the ride is? <laughs> <laughs> because booking me to go 500 yards. And paying $100. And paying $100. No. I mean, frankly, paying anything. There was a free shuttle. I could walk. There were any number of options for me to get to the hotel. So did he really drive you across the parking lot? Oh, he did. Oh, yeah. Great. Well, I mean, at that point, I'm like, I paid for it. Well, right. Can you you just take me around the town? I mean, it it, it was an airport parking lot, so it was a big... I mean, I guess in fairness to my assistant at the time, it was called... The marina was in the name of the hotel. I forget the exact name of it, but... You know, you would not naturally think of Marina and Airport Hotel being sure, the same, fair, right? I mean, if fair. it said San Diego Airport Hotel and she had booked me the ride, okay, well, then that would have been much more egregious. But my point is, <sighs> those are the kinds of things that will happen. I mean, over the years, I have done a lot of technology work and I've outsourced to programmers overseas and all that. And it's not quite the same as a system, but the same principle you often end up doing as much work to instruct them right. as it would do yes. to just do it yourself. Do it yourself. And I so totally you need to make that. sure that whatever you're using your outsourced help for, whether it's a VA or otherwise, that you really are receiving that benefit. Because if you spend more time going back and forth on explaining the task and checking on it. Sorry, I'm still laughing at the parking lot. I can't, <laughs> I can't stop I, that one. Sorry. <laughs> it, it is one of the, the oddest experiences oh. that I've had in all my travels. It's not the kind of thing that would 
happen today, right? Because now everybody takes Uber or Lyft or something. Right, and, but still. And, <laughs> but yeah, that was special. I blame the car service company as well because they Yeah, why said, wouldn't they say this is across you know, the street? Yeah. It was a national car service firm. So whoever's doing the reservation may not even have known. Oh, though. So, you know, because I just had an account with one of the national uh, car service companies. So yeah, it, whatever. Right I, I mean, today, but no. To your but it's, point uh, exactly. You have to find the right fit. You know, the other thing I really want to harp on, and I, I mentioned it a few minutes ago, is the judgment piece, right? right. So if you can give someone a checklist, which we've talked about before, or a very clear set of instructions, and that is sufficient, right? There's nothing in there that says, well, but you know, if you sense this or that, then take a different path. That's where you're going to fall down, right? I mean, right, it, right. That's where you need somebody who really is with you for a while, gets to know you, yep. it's trained, yep. you know, and that is a different animal. So the sad reality is for a lot of us, if we're running a smaller business, we may end up doing things on that list, that third list that we don't want to be doing, that mm -hmm. we shouldn't be doing, mm -hmm. but there isn't really a good alternative. Right. And because a lot of it goes back to, I think, something else you sort of alluded to earlier, volume, right? You need to have enough volume of these things that it's worthwhile parceling it out. And it's volume of the same kind of task. Because just because I spend 30% of my day doing garbage... <laughs> doesn't mean that I can find that one person. So by the time I split it up, if it's, you know, 2% of someone's time, I may not be able to find somebody who's interested in that piece of work or who can do it cost effectively for me. So it, it's tough. And that's why as groups, as companies scale, as agencies scale, they, they find it easier to offload these kinds of activities from senior executives because you have enough of it that you can have a dedicated ops person or a dedicated assistant or a creative department or, you know, whatever it is that will make your life easier. Yeah. And they can make your life a lot, 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 lot easier. But, you know, like I have an executive assistant, but I would even say she's become more, I mean, if we had an office, she would be more an office manager than an EA. Before she joined us, she had facilities management experience along with the EA experience. So we, we've been able to sort of mold her into a different role than I think most assistants have. So, you know, look for those kinds of things too. And it doesn't have to be somebody full-time. There's lots of organizations like Just Ostroff's um, business, Don't Panic Management out of, um, I think they're on the East Coast, but they have VAs across the country. They're great. And most of her VAs work for several clients. So they're able to do things in bulk and, you know, maybe even get you discounts on things and stuff like that because they have, you know, they're working with five or six instead of just one. So there are some opportunities for you to work some of that as well. Absolutely. And when they're experienced, when they're working with a bunch of people, they know the shortcuts they can right. take. They know the resources to go to. So they can often be more efficient than you can. So if you get the right one and it's the right fit for you and they've got the knowledge, it really can make a huge difference in your productivity. But it's more difficult than most people imagine to find that right fit. And it, it, the role really has evolved over the last 20 years. When I first started out in business, you know, it was very important to have someone who would answer the phone. Right, right. Well, that is a completely inconsequential role now for the most part, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Mean, I was cleaning out a, a box in my office the other day, and it had a stack of those old pink while you were out message slips <laughs> from one of my... And I used to have the little... The, poker thing on the middle of my desk, yeah, you know, you where would, yeah. you just 
they would sit on your desk and as soon as you returned the call, you'd you'd smack it down yep, on it, yep. you know, and it felt really satisfying. You to should do that. leave those for your kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I, I tell you, I was in a hotel a couple of years ago with my kids who are, they're both teenagers now uh, at the time. I think the younger one was maybe 11 or so. And it was the first time we had gotten two hotel rooms that were not adjoining. Oh. So my, my boys were in one wow. room and my wife and I were down the hall. That hotel didn't have adjoining rooms and we decided they were old enough that, you know, we were going to live with that because, you know, we just needed more space because there's right. two yeah. teenage boys yes. at us, you yeah. know, it's close quarters. Anyway, but we said, okay, you know, make sure that you know how to call our room in case you need something. And, you know, for whatever reason, your cell phone is melted down. Or, I don't know, whatever. I mean, they never put the things down, so I can't imagine right. it would have been an issue, but sometimes they forget to charge them. So anyway, show him how to make the phone call, calls down to my wife. Great. And phone calls over and he's holding the phone in his hand. He says, what do I do with this Oh, now? come on. <laughs> because he had never seen a corded phone. Oh, no. <laughs> and so he's like, where do I put this? I'm like, back in the cradle. That makes me feel like, really just, old. Yes. I mean, it was, and, and, and this is the, this is, I have two sons. This is the one who actually has common sense. The, his older <laughs> brother doesn't. We, oh. we, we happened to get a new TV remote earlier today. and to watch the 17-year-old uh, trying to put the battery cover back on was really sad. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you, you realize you're going off to college in about a year and a half. You're, you're going to have to right, figure out how to do to... these things. <laughs> Gain some common sense pretty fast. Yeah. Probably not going to happen. But yeah. So as these roles evolve, as folks are, you don't have to call a travel agent. They're not sitting on the phone all day. They're not sending faxes or making photocopies. The role of assistance has changed substantially. And some of that's for the better. And some of it is just means it's harder to find that critical mass right. around that right. role. My dad had a law firm when I was growing up and he had someone who would do all his typing for him. Well, yeah. we all type for ourselves now. Yep. <laughs> it's more difficult to find someone who has enough of it that they can make a full-time go of it. So you really need to think creatively about how you outsource those tasks on list number three in order to be effective. And I think if you thinking about humans in-house, virtual, plus a combination of technology, plus, you know, frankly, looking at that list and saying, what doesn't need to be done at all? Right. right? That's I mean, fair. I, yeah. I, I think a lot of us are doing things that just simply do not yep. need to be done. Totally fair. Or even if they theoretically need to be done, they're not returning the value. Right. So maybe we just say, okay, you know, we're not going to do that anymore. Yeah, that's totally and fair. So look at that third list and really try to figure out how to do less of it. But the way you do less of it may not be the way you first think when you go into it. Love that. And also check out places like Upwork. Upwork's my favorite because you can find people for the kinds of tasks that we do editing content, you know, WordPress, all that kind of stuff. You can find really talented people who are typically freelancing on the side of their full-time jobs. So you can get them inexpensively and um, delegate some of that stuff too. For certain repetitive tasks, Fiverr can actually be pretty good as well. Um, yeah, that's a really good you know, one I've, too. I've had, yep. I've had sort of some mixed results there, but if you do have a truly repeatable task, that's a place to look. Yep. I mean, they, they can do things even like, you know, uh, podcast editing. Yes. <laughs> right. You know, so, so, so they can, they can do the splicing of files together. I happen to be able to do it pretty quickly. So I'm not sure 
that I would necessarily get the value out of that particular function, but there's a lot of folks out there who are thinking maybe I would like to do a podcast, but I, you know, I don't really know what to do. Well, I mean, look on Fiverr. There are people who for 15 or 20 bucks an episode will splice together your intro, mm-hmm. outro, and mm-hmm. your recorded Skype mm-hmm. call. Done. Yep. Right. So, you know, think about how you can leverage all those different services out there. And if you're not sure the particular one that will solve your particular challenge, ask someone else. Yeah. Most of us have gone through it, you know, so whether that's in the Spin Sucks community or on Twitter or Facebook or wherever it is that you hang out with other professionals, even if they're not in the agency field, just say, how do you solve this problem? And I bet you'll get some great suggestions on how you can be more effective and efficient. Yes. And if you do it in the Spin Sucks community, we can all learn because I'm sure there's stuff even you and I don't know. Honestly, I learn something new every day. I And I think that it's useful, even if I think I know the answer or even if I do know the answer, it's it's useful to see what, what answers other people are giving. Totally agree. So that you know, I, I have a sense as to, to what other options are out there or frankly, what bad advice might be being given that you know, I can try to find a way to Nice counteract. essay, yeah. <laughs> well, because let's face it, I would hate to say this, but you and I probably give bad advice sometimes. Probably. It's yeah. rare. I mean, we don't. It's rare. Yeah. I mean, free advice is free advice, right? We don't have the insider knowledge that's probably needed to make those kinds of decisions for sure. Correct. And frankly, even paid advice. I've been a consultant for a long time. Have I ever regretted advice I gave to a client? You betcha. Because sometimes it turns out that it didn't work out the way I thought it would. None of us have a crystal ball. Right. You know, right. We all give the best advice. And, you know, I came from the world of politics where you can make certain suggestions and the way that it plays out may not be the way you expect it. And today, even less so because there are no rules in politics anymore. At least when I was in politics, we have rules and you sort of, you felt pretty confident if A happens, then B will happen. Now, if A happens, then C happens and B maybe never Mm -hmm. does. Who knows? So in any case. But hopefully that's been some useful advice for those of you who are hoping to go into 2019 and be a little bit more efficient with your time, trying to figure out how to get that extra little bit of help in order to maximize the value of of what you're contributing to your own business yourself. And we've given you food for thought. Well, I'm happy about that. (laughs) As am I. So with that, we'll come to the end of the first episode of the Agency Leadership Podcast for 2019. Again, Happy New Year, everybody. I am Chip Griffin. And I'm Jenny Dietrich. And it depends. If you're ready to change the face of PR, make sure you subscribe to the Spin Sucks Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review. 